When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Well, there's Purple Daily, there's Before I Die, there's Ventline, and then, of course, there's Purple Access, which is what this is. Judd Declan, Starch Bue, and sports columnist Chip Scoggins, who was in Green Bay to witness the destruction of the Vikings on Sunday. Uh, and let's just start there, Chip, since you saw it. What was, I, I guess my biggest question is this, what was your takeaway from the post-game stuff? Like, would be, because this is now the second time that they have absolutely been throttled by an opponent. What did you, <clears throat> what did you observe from a team that had just uh, allowed 41 points? Yeah, I was trying to think about what the vibe was in there. Um, I think definitely frustration with how they played and the fact that they've had a couple of these now where they're yep. just not competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I I think that's the sense. I mean, Cousins was very short in his answers. Uh, you could tell he was frustrated. Uh, a number of the guys in the in the locker room, I, I think, felt that same way. Not panic or anything like that, but um, I, I think very frustrated with themselves that when things start to snowball on them, they can't stop it. And that, that game... But I've lost Chip there. I think we lost Chip there briefly, Judd. Do we lose? Do we lose Chip? All right. Let's see if we can get Chip back because he was about to tell us what the uh, at, what the mood was like from a Vikings team that got blown out and now plays the Bears again on Sunday. Yeah, but to his uh, to his point there, you know, they, they I watched back the Kirk Cousins clip and it just seemed he was pretty upset. Uh, Kevin O'Connell, who has this kind of like demeanor of, you know, what what I thought was a good week of preparation, then all of a sudden. You know, we get blown out, and how do I, how can I be better for that for the week of preparation stuff too? It just a lot of those answers I, I saw at the podium as well just seemed very very telling. Yeah, I don't think the problem is I think if you're a good team, you get one of these per year where where yes, you're going to lose some games, but you get one, you get might get you know the Dallas game is disappointing and you get absolutely drubbed by 37 points. Uh, I certainly don't think there was any expectation in that locker room, especially against that team that they would come out and be that bad. And I think that's a big, I, this is a bad time because it's not a wake up call at this point. This is a bad time. I think to get the, to get a game like this, because now it's just concerning. Um, and also we'll talk to Chip about this, but you've also got the problems now with, with who's going to play on Sunday. Are you going to play guys on Sunday? Do you want their last memory potentially to be that, that last game against the Packers? We, we have Chip Scoggins back. Chip, pick up, where, pick up where you left off and our connection crapped out. 
Do you, do you think it has anything to do with the foot of snow that's just falling in my house? <laughs> I just shoveled. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, as I say, when it just fell off when they, you, you get it down to the one-yard line on block punt and you have to take a field goal. It just it felt, you know, like you can't do that. You can't play that way. And then the, I think it was Naylor on the kickoff return. I have no idea what he was doing, jumping like three lanes out of his – out of his lane um, to allow that kickoff return. So, um, yeah, I think it's – that's the thing is, that's just been – this team obviously is resilient. They have something about them in close games that they don't panic and they can win close games. But when it goes south, it goes really south on them. And um, I don't know what it is that this team – because this is, what, three or, three of them now? Just outright duds. They they just don't have garden variety losses, Judd. I mean, no, yeah. no, they don't. They have, they have they have the kind of loss that makes you question their credibility, and you think the sky is falling. That's the kind of losses they've had. It's not just you know they don't just lose like twenty seven, twenty one, twenty seven, twenty four. I mean, it's just non competitive, and so I think that's the alarming thing for people. I, I think the thing about the week two loss uh, in Philly in my opinion, was this. They got dominated, but the score, like, there was there was a pass to come back. They didn't take it. The problem yeah. with the Dallas loss and the Packers loss is there was no path. They they got absolutely embarrassed. And as, as I told Dex, I think you get, I think good teams get one of those per year. Okay, we yeah. got drilled. It's embarrassing. Um, and the other thing is, I don't see the purpose that this one served. Like, it's too late for a wake-up call. They don't need a, so <laughs> I, I just, I, this would concern me because of the timing, the opponent, and what it sets up now. Well, the thing that concerns me would concern me the most is uh, their offensive line's a disaster right now. Oh, yeah, we'll get into that. Yes, I oh, mean to me that was that was besides being non-competitive and you know not not taking advantage of all the good things that were happening around you that you know you had a chance. You know, the number one seed was. Uh, still out there and to play that way you know that that you know that's probably the number one takeaway but the, the second one is holy cow judge this is the offensive line i i just don't know how this is going to work <laughs> well you know what it is it's it, it's a worse it's a worse case than 2017 where the same damn thing took place place Nick Easton, who was not O'Neal yeah. or Bradbury. He was certainly not Brian, but he was a nice player, and he was an important right guard. He gets hurt. He cracks his ankle in week, at the time, 15, penultimate mm-hmm. game, though, in Green Bay. He's lost. They, I don't know if they panicked or what they did, but they move Remmers, who was playing pretty yeah. decent at right tackle, to left guard, where he was atrocious. Rashad Hill comes in, and that's and that was a big loss. This yeah. is worse. I, and I, from the way O'Connell's talking, Chipper, I'm not so sure Bradbury's coming back. Well, I asked him after the game, you know, I said, what's your level of concern here? And, he, you know, with this line, he's like, when a coach says we hope to get him back at some point, that's not very definitive. There's, you're guaranteed two games left. Well, um, or training camp. <laughs> that's, that's he right. might be back for training camp if they resign him. <laughs> that's right. He's like, hey, at some right. point, it's like, well, Judd, he hasn't practiced in two weeks. He had that car wreck on the way home from the Colts game, yep. and that was over two weeks ago. He has not practiced. So 
and the other thing is, you know, it's a back, right? We think it's a back injury. Um, no, it is a back injury. That's been yeah, confirmed and, by them. And and but like when the car accident reaggravated it, exacerbated it, did something more to it. Um, so if he hasn't even practiced yet, how do you know he's going to be able to handle collisions? Oh, you don't. And can he? And if he does come back for a playoff game one, can he stay in the game? Like he's a center with a back problem. Think about that. Yeah, it's so not that, a knee. You don't brace up a back. Exactly. And so now you're you're relying on a guy who's never played center to play center. And it was. I'm guessing with practice, it's going to look a little better than it did Sunday. But John, he was forgetting to snap the ball. I mean, he caused two false starts because he forgot to. And and I, and I don't really fault Chris Reed. He's never played a position. I mean, he's he's playing out of position. So, I mean, yeah. And now you're. John, look at the right side of your line. Ingram, oh, who's, who's had a real, had a, <laughs> who's had a real I wrote t- about it for my friends at vikingswire.com <laughs> if you'd like to read my I thoughts. Yeah. Um, and then only, you know, who's a better tackle than guard, but right. he was, he, you know, he's number four. Um, he was behind Brandle too. So I, I, I you know, I, I don't know. I, I see they're signing, you know, guys off the street, but it, at this point, is that how much is that going to help you? So here's a a weird one. We all, I think, on the, this show, and I think you as well, Chipper, have like wondered what O'Connell's doing on fourth and short by always like trying to throw, right? Yeah. Never, never in my wildest dreams, <laughs> never in my wildest dreams, as I criticized that, did I think you know what? Eventually, he's going to get a key player hurt, but he did. Brian O'Neill hurt his calf yeah. or Achilles. We don't know really. But Brian O'Neill was hurt trying to uh, chase Savage on the on the pick six. Um, yeah. You talk about a costly fourth down play. Yeah. Oh my God! Because that, as far as I'm concerned, Brian O'Neill is the heartbeat of that line. Well, he is. I mean, if and if you're around them and you're in the locker room, there's no denying he's the leader of that group. No denying. I mean, he's the one that uh, they all look up to. He's been the rock. He hasn't, Judd, he hasn't missed a game because of injury in his career. So this is going to be the first one he misses because of injury. Now he sat for uh, not injury uh, related, but he's, you know, he's been just a rocket at there. So, I mean, yeah, that is a m- massive loss. Like that play call was weird. And the fact that, you know, on third and goal, after you bring Chris Reed in, who's never played center, you run up behind the center. <laughs> that was weird. I, I, like, Really? You're going to run behind a center who's never played center uh, the first play on third and goal from the one? Um, so that whole game, Judd, felt like an indictment um, of preparation. Guys didn't wear the right cleats after being told you need to change your cleats. I know I know they probably hate to wear those. I know it's probably a comfort thing. I know they probably are not as fast when they have to wear those long cleats, but they didn't heed the advice that they received. And, and and the thing is, is like, they've had a lot of, they've had guys that played for the Packers. Adam Thielen has played over there many, many times. They have guys that played there many, many times that probably should have told these guys, hey, you got to wear these certain type cleats because it's going to be slick. Yep. Um, defense, 10 guys on the field. They give up an 11-yard oh. pass on third down. Then they have 12 guys on the field. Uh, it just, it didn't seem like a very disciplined team to me the other night. What did you make? So it's it is 
it's not like a huge story in and of itself, Chip. But what did you make of the cleats thing? Because to me, that's where you run into it. Because O'Connell's like, well, we can't tell them what to, you know, we, we can suggest, but we're not going to make them yeah. wear. What was your takeaway from that? That was one of the first things I've seen where I'm like, okay, players coach, awesome. You've done a great job. Uh, but there's comes a certain time where you have to put your foot down and say, this is what we are as a team doing. Uh, yeah. Your comfort, your comfort is not, is not more important than our success. Yeah. Well, the first thing we were talking about is like, don't make too big a deal of this to where it comes off as an excuse for how they play, because it wasn't that they didn't lose 41. Uh, no. And it's not a schism. Like it's not a schism it, it, either. Oh, I'm just no. curious what you think. I just, um, I don't know that as a coach you can tell this is what you're wearing because it is, you know, it is a comfort thing. It's like anything, like try it out, you know, you know, if you're not sliding, great, but you probably are. And and I forgot who the player was, but uh, I saw it in the quote sheet. Some player said, you know, during warmups, it wasn't bad because the sun was still out and it was not as slick. But then once the game started and it got a little bit later and the sun, it got dark, that's when it became really slippery. Um, I don't think as a coach you can force players to wear that. Uh, you just wonder if, if guys didn't take it seriously enough to how slick it was going to be um, until they were sliding all over the place. And, you know, it was only an issue there in the first quarter, right, where we saw. Yeah, because the game know, was over quickly. Yeah, Jefferson, I think, twice. T.J. Hawkinson a couple times. Um, so it ju- it just seemed like, you know, for those guys that are having to plant cut, you know, coming in and out of breaks, I think they maybe should have taken it, I don't know, more seriously or just uh, realized that it was going to be a bad surface. All right, let's get to the defense. Um, one, I think I've seen in- enough of Ed Donatel's defense. Yeah. Uh, two, you know, back to your point about coaching and preparation and things like that. And this isn't, I don't know if this is preparation, but it's certainly coaching. Um, when you have that 10 men on the field was egregious. First of all, Rogers was like staring at it, like trying to like, yeah. And, and so there's a ton of time Kendricks, Shelley, and I think at least one or two other defensive players are yelling at the sideline. Yeah. It's third and 10 it's third and 10. Yeah. So like, and nothing is done. And sure enough, they get the, the first down. And then on that same drive, they come back with 12 men. Um, I don't know, Chipper. I just yeah. – I'm, I'm not a big fan of what I'm seeing from, from many angles of how this, this defense is attempting to play. It seems like there's quick fixes occasionally, yeah. but it doesn't seem like there's a long-term plan here to fix things. No, and they scored on that drive. And I think it made it 34-3, to three, right? It, it, it spilled into the fourth quarter on that drive. But um, so – but it's – you have 35, you know, bleeping coaches. Somebody call timeout. Somebody had to recognize you didn't have enough guys on there. Call timeout. Well, players are like, yelling at, at the coaches. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, you mean of all the coaches they had down on the field and up in the press box, nobody realized they didn't have enough guys on the field. It was just a bad look. It, it, and I agree. Um, I it, it won't surprise me if, if there's a change after the season. You know, I mean, I think people were hollering for that. Three weeks ago, you're not going to make do that during the season when you're however what the record was at the time. Um, but I, I think once he sits down and O'Connell looks at like how things went, 
where it's going. Um, I think that side of the ball is going to turn over personnel a lot. Yes, I agree. Uh, it, it might just seem like the perfect time to do it. Um, but, you know, we're, you know, they scored 41 points and Rodgers passed for 159 yards. It wasn't like that. But, you know, they couldn't – Aaron Jones, I thought, had a really nice game. He's he's good, man. Um, he's yeah, a good running back. What's funny is he – as I recall, he didn't slip much. <laughs> I think he probably had the right cleats. His cleats were good. Uh, His cleats were great. Seven studs. Yeah. Speaking of running game, Judd, like – are they 28, 29th in rushing? And Dalvin's yeah. just become um, – he's another player where – that's a lot of money you're paying a guy who you're not really using. And his drop was awful. I yeah, think that was the first yeah. half drop over the, and, yeah. and little slant route. I mean, that sucker was going to pick up 15 yards. Um, you know, what's funny is this team, it's been fun. It's been a fun team. Like it's a crazy team, but it's a fun team. Um, they played a lot of entertaining football games, but you have to hope that the people that run this team see the undercurrent of flaws. Cause if they don't, this is the type of team that could come back next year and win five games. Like you got to well, be careful here. The thing is, Judd is like, when has a twelve-win team have a point differential of negative nineteen? I mean, it was that tells, it was worse before the garbage yeah, time. It's never happened. It, before the time, yeah, I mean that tells you how much of an anomaly this is. Yep. One to go eleven and zero in one-score games. That's great. It shows that they're resilient. And they do it, but it's also that's not sustainable in, in modern NFL. You're, you're not going to have that kind of record in one score games. Maybe it's not a flip of the coin. Maybe you should win more than you lose, but you're not just going to have 11 and 0 in one score games. And, and so the fact that they're, you know, have a, this kind of point differential with 12 wins tells you this is an outlier. This is not, a, this is not the model. This is not how you, uh, you're going to plan it. So, and the other thing is Judd, Justin Jefferson is going to need a big contract like this oh, offseason. Yeah. Yep. And he's going to get paid like a quarterback. So if he's in 25 to $30 million range and Cousins is $30 million, math doesn't work. Something, something. People are going to have to go. I mean, you can't. I mean, the money's not going to work. So the, the good news on, because I, I asked around about this, the good news on the Jefferson contract is that the it wouldn't kick in until the, his rookie contract's done. Yeah, so they so they wouldn't take the cap hit like like the extension would be signed, but they wouldn't start to take that cap and hit that, until Cousins is gone. Like that's the yeah. whole thing is you're going to have to be very careful here about your transitionary period and how you do it. Yeah, um, it, it's going to be very sensitive if you don't want to get really bad. Well, and it's yeah, well that's it because it's it's like you know, Dalvin has a big salary, but you're not really running the ball. You know, even, you know, you're well, you're yeah, come on. Bring it you're, on. You're keep not, talking about keep. You're not trying. Adam Thielen has a big nah, thank you. And and he's he's basically become number four, right? Your fourth option. I would. Yes. Hawkinson's too, and, and Osborne. If you're just looking at targets and and uh, role in the offense, um, Eric Kendricks. What are you going to do with Harrison Smith? What are you going to do with was there was the Darius Smith? What are you going to do with Daniel Hunter? I mean, these are big contract guys. Yeah. They're going to, in my opinion, one one of the things from Quazy's first year they're going to regret very soon here if they don't right now, not staying pat in the first round and taking Jamison Williams with that pick yeah. uh, because they have to get Jefferson a number two. Yeah. Hawkinson well, can't be that guy. Like, like, he's very – I like him, 
didn't have a great game on Sunday, but yeah, I like what bored. he brings. But like the way that you just described the depth chart now, that can't be it. You've got to have Jefferson, a true to Osborne, I don't know, Naylor maybe. But anyway, the point is they don't have the guy that's going to be their second receiver on this team now. And and if they had taken Jamison, bitten the bullet, and, and allowed him to, uh, what, get healthy into December, yeah, I think yeah. that would give you a true two. And that's the type of guy. And, you know, jury's out. But I, I had heard before he got hurt that it wasn't as if Scene was tearing it up. Yeah. He didn't well, start. It, it, yeah, you need a, a true number two receiver and Hawkinson. And yep. um, because we saw, I don't know, I don't know there's ever going to be a template or a book because on Jefferson because he's so good and he's still, but John, I, I did, did they, did they show this on TV? The second play of the game, J- Jair Alexander shoves him so hard. It was like two guys getting ready to fight off the line. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't. And yeah. it, I mean, it was like, you know, they were shoving each other. It was like play had stopped. I think it was a run and play to Dalvin. And it was like, okay, th- they're going to try to beat him up, right? They're going to be very physical, yeah. and they're going to put a safety over top. It's like, you know, I don't know that me – not everybody has the corners that can do that, but um, I got to imagine maybe teams draft or look for – that are playing the, you know, the Vikings that, like, hey – we got to be physical with him. We got to press him, jam him, get safety help. I think he's still going to put up, you know, crazy numbers because he's that good. But um, he's going to take teams are going to be physical with him, and so they they need somebody to help him out on the other side. They need another two, a number two that's really going to be productive to try to ease some of that um, focus that he's getting. I talked about that last week. So there there was a play that struck me, and it probably struck the Packers too against the Giants where they tried to play press coverage on Jefferson and the guy failed to press him. So he's supposed to press him. He failed because Jefferson makes a move one, two step and his footwork is so good. Like, like that's the thing is he's an incredibly talented and smart player. His footwork is so good that he loses the guy immediately. And the play is done as far as the giants are concerned, because they're going to get screwed. Um, And I said this last week and the Packers did it. You have to basically punch him off the line of scrimmage. You have to grab Grab him or or punch him because if you don't, he's going to get by you. But mm-hmm. if you do, and what we saw on Sunday, and and I this goes back to when Thielen was in his prime. I told Collar this in seventeen. I said I would level him off the line every time because I know he's going to get mad and frustrated, and his demeanor is to start to whine about it, which yeah. which Jefferson sort of did too. And that's the thing. So I think what the Packers did. I don't even know now. Jair's a damn good player. But I, I think what you just said um, makes a lot of sense, which is just the starting point is make sure that you jam him and jam him hard. And and the greatest thing about the sport is you can take away a guy's will to play. Yeah, I think uh, that's as frustrating as seeing Jefferson. I think probably, you know, all the pregame talk about uh, from Jair about whatever the word he used it was, um, fluke. Fluke, week one. I think that the footing – uh, frustrated Jefferson that he couldn't do the things he's accustomed to. It was sliding. Um, I think the, you know, the grabbing, the one where he did the gritty after he, yeah. you know, whether it's pass interference, break up, whatever you want, you know, the guy's taught him there. I just think it was, and then the way the game went, you know, that it just, um, it was, it was as frustrated as I see him. So 
I don't know. As a, again, I don't know that every team has the capability of doing what Alexander did. But how many times do we see like teams just let have him have a free run off the line? It's like that's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to be. He's gonna, He's going to absolutely destroy you if you let him just run off the line free. That's what I don't get is, um, so, and I've heard this before. It makes no sense. They Certain people say, well, you can't press because if he beats you, you're screwed. Well, if he beats you, well that's it. That's okay. the theory. Then make sure he doesn't beat. Like, like you can, the worst case is if you spin him or grab him, you're going to get a yeah, play. If, yeah. But, I mean, that's oh. the thing is you can't, you if you don't press him, like, are you really going to play off coverage against this guy? He's going to kill you. Well, that's the thing is, like, it, it, it just boggles my mind that teams – and I understand, like, if you press a miss, now you're giving up a big play, and, and um, you know, that's a surefire, surefire way to get burned is, you know, give the big plays here, just try to keep them in front of you. I, I understand that philosophy, but he can just dominate you that way too. So, um, but, you know, it was uh, it was interesting the way they defended him, where they covered him, and I'll be curious to see – like how that, if that's a, a blueprint for teams going forward. Yeah, and who becomes the big play guy if they they do? The problem is that in the old oh. days, Steelman would have had a huge game on Sunday. Well, Cousins wanted it to be Hawkinson. I mean, yeah. he was force feeding him the ball there, and he had three drops. It was just a poor game for Hawkinson, but um, it's clear he's become his his uh, security blanket in the way that Thielen was before this year. Um, I think you need, uh, you know. A receiver, as well, to be in that in that mold. So, from the press box, what could you see there? Like, was the because Thielen had to be an advantage, ad, um, advantageous situations. My guess is he's not fast enough to get away from the guy. I mean, like, what did I you see him getting open? Box? Yeah, Judd, I just don't see the separation. I, I really just don't see him getting open like we used to. Um, and part of it is, I don't. I would. I don't know where in in. in uh, Cousins' progression, he is. It's a clear Jefferson, then Hawkinson, or vice versa. You know, sometimes he's looking for Hawkinson. And then maybe Osborne. So I, there's probably times where Thielen is open, but it's just uh, Cousins is, is you know, kind of moved on to the, the other three guys right now. And it's like, you know, how many, there's only so many passes you're going to, you know, uh, targets you're going to get. So I, um, I, I think it's a combination of, I'll be curious that, you know, at the end of the season, we always hear this guy had this surgery. This guy's had, this guy had this injury. I mean, he's obviously dealing with something. Um, I just wonder if it's could be time. He's dealing with father time. You can't remove that one. Well, that too. I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, obviously you you get over, but I think he is dealing with something too. Mm. I'm sure. I just don't know. That contract is, is, well, that's, it's not. Yeah. That's going to have to get reworked. Last thing, what would you do as far as playing time and starters go Sunday in Chicago in a game where, I mean, I, they're going to be the three seed. But, yeah. You know, they theoretically you get the two. Yeah. I mean, it's that's the thing that's hard because um, we thought that uh, NFL might move those games and play them simultaneous, play the the, the Vikings at 332. So uh, there is no advantage because, you know, 49ers might say, hey, we got the two locked up. Let's just rest everybody. Um, yeah. As long as, as long as the two seed is still a realm of the possibility, as slight as it is, you know, I don't think 49ers are going to lose to Arizona. But, um, but 
as long as it's still a possibility, I think you have to play guys. And the other thing is, Judd, they played so poorly the other night. I don't know that that's how I want them going into the playoffs. That's what I was saying. Yeah. You know, does that make sense? I mean, oh, yeah, that's a great point. And, and, you know, if somebody got hurt, I would probably regret saying that, you know, right. but I just feel like they need to find a rhythm and establish a little more confidence and feeling good about where they're at going into the playoffs versus, okay, we had this horrible game. Now everybody sit and then let's go get them in the first. I, I, and it sounds like that's sort of how O'Connell's leaning. He said there might be selective guys sitting versus uh, just all the starters sit. Right. Um, Thielen. Maybe Galvin. Jefferson. Maybe Jefferson. I but mean, the, you, the offensive line has to play because well, they they're all. They don't have anybody else. They knew. <laughs> and they don't have anybody else. Um, no, they absolutely have to play. And uh, so I, I, you know, at least for a half or three, whatever, just to, I mean, I think they need to establish something and, and feel good about how they're playing going into the, the, the playoffs. Great stuff, Chipper. I will uh, talk to you next week, man. Take care. Hey, brother. We'll see you, man.